now that we've left the European Union, the government is requiring European citizens who've made their homes here in the UK to apply to its settlement scheme in order to protect their rights. Now, understandably, a lot of people are disappointed that their rights aren't being automatically protected. But the situation is that EU, EEA and Swiss citizens living here need to apply online by the end of June 2021 in order to continue living here, working here, having access to rent homes and accessing other things such as the NHS. You can find more details about the settlement scheme online at gov.uk slash EU settled status or at any of the links in the description. Our bishops have been calling for Catholics to look out for friends, relatives and fellow parishioners who might need to apply because there's still a huge number of European citizens in this country who haven't put in an application yet. And this could be for a range of reasons. They might be unsure about how to navigate the system, have trouble with the online application form, or even not realise that they need to apply. And this is a real danger because it leaves their status at risk and leaves them facing the potential of losing those fundamental rights after June 2021. Now, somebody who's uh, negotiated the the scheme and and worked his way through it is uh, Bishop William Kenny, Auxiliary Bishop of Birmingham, who's with me now. So you're a Swedish citizen, aren't you? That's correct. And uh, tell us about your background, how long you've been in the UK. I've been in the UK now since 2006, but I was born and grew up in the UK. I then left, if you want, as a missionary to Sweden in 1969, and as I said, came returned again in 2006. During that time, I became a Swedish citizen. That was because of the situation in Sweden, where at that time the church had no juridical personality, and the Swedes rightly were getting a bit worried about properties and things all being owned by foreigners without a single Swedish citizen among the trustees. and So several of us, myself included, changed our citizenship. The Swedes are very happy about that. And that was how I became a Swedish citizen. At that time, the Swedes would not allow anybody to have double citizenship. And so I had to give up my British citizenship in order to obtain the Swedish one. And that's the background to how I became a Swedish citizen. And obviously, up until the Brexit referendum, that didn't have any impact upon your right to live and work here. But tell us about what's what's happened since then, how you became aware of the settlement scheme and also your experience with it. Up until the uh, Brexit, I was here as an EU citizen. I never had any problems whatsoever. I paid taxes. I uh, accessed the national health, all the ordinary things that people um, do. Then with Brexit, we found out, because some of us were aware that there might be changes, and there were, and so we discovered that the government was introducing this so-called settled status uh, scheme, by which, as uh, you said at the beginning, EU citizens who are resident in this country, have been resident for five years or more, have to apply to get settled status. Or if it's less than five years, they can get pre-settled status. But I know less about that than I do about the settled status. 
you apply online for this, and that is where your problems begin. I am 73. I would not describe myself as completely computer literate. I can send emails, I can use the internet for information, to buy things, things like this, but I'm not completely computer literate. You have to have quite a degree of computer literacy to achieve getting through this. I received online the information and saw that some of it I knew straight away I would not be capable of, not least taking photographs of myself and of my passport and putting that onto the computer. So I went to an office in Slough, it was the registry office in fact, as advertised where you could get help with this. I met absolutely charming people and very uh, helpful who took my photographs and the of my passport and uploaded them. And I realised then that I had done the right thing, even though I had to pay for that, because it took the very good lady there, I think, five attempts to get my photographs onto the computer. I, with my type of computer literacy, having failed twice, would have thought it was all my fault and would have given up. She didn't. She knew what she was doing, and that was fine. I then came back home, filled in the long form, added my national insurance number, which was required, and sent it off. Refused because I didn't prove that I'd been in this country for five years. Then they sent a whole list of various documents I could produce in order to prove that I'd been here for five years, and they had to be uploaded. Again, I had no idea how you did this, but my secretary did. She put together a document, and we sent that off. That was refused too because the document was too large. So I said to her, well, we have to edit this. And she said, well, I don't know how to do that. So she said, we'll begin again. And so we began again right from the beginning, did it all again. And that time it was accepted. So it took quite some effort. But I have a suspicion that for many people, shall we say over 55 or 60, this is going to be a problem. For younger people, they probably can manage it in, in one go because they know exactly what to do. And we know a lot of people have been able to work their way through the system very quickly and very easily. But as you say, there are a lot of people who um, will require a, a bit more support, a bit more help to navigate it. And I understand some of your uh, parishioners and people in your diocese have faced similar sort of challenges. Some of the very old have been in touch with me asking first of all, did they have to do it? I've told them, yes, they do. Everybody has to. The one I always remember was an Italian lady who is 91 years old. She does not have a mobile phone. She does not have a computer. She does not have an email address. All of these are things which you need to have these things. She has lived here, I think, since 1949. She was very happy with her life. She was very pro-British, if you like, in her attitude. But she had a clue what to do about this. But someone had told her that she needed to do this. I told her that she did need to, and she said, well, what do I do? And I said, have you children? Yes, she had children and, grand and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So I said, would you like me to get in touch with them? Yes. And she gave me the telephone number of a lady who was a grandchild to her in her 40s, who I rang up and said they'd vaguely heard about this. And, of course, they didn't want grandma thrown out of the country or anything like this. They would see to it. And uh, and I said, do it straight away, because this can take time in her case, because she probably has no papers at all. We need to remember that people like her 
she told me, at any rate, I have no reason to doubt it, that um, she lived in Sicily after the war and a girlfriend had come to England, wrote back to her and told her that this was a marvellous country, people made her very welcome, there was plenty of work and lots of boys. That's how she described it at 91. So she came and never regretted it. She thought it had been great. It was a good life she'd had and was quite happy with all of that. But there will be quite a number of people like that. All right, she had a supportive family who were willing to help her. That's great. That's marvellous. But I can imagine there are one or two people out there who don't have that advantage and may need help. And I'm not quite sure where they get that help from. Well, there is a whole range of help available. The gov.uk website that we mentioned earlier has links on it and we'll also have more links in the description that you'll be able to click on and find out more. But Bishop Kenny, I think you gave a really good example there of how the community, the church, the family were able to rally round and help someone to secure their rights, someone who was facing a bit more of a challenge with the application process. Bishop Paul McAleenan's written to uh, every diocese in the country about this issue as our lead bishop for migration. But what would your message be to people uh, in our parishes who might know there might be an older relative, an older person in the parish who might need to apply. What would be your message to them? My message would undoubtedly be apply and do it as soon as possible. This took me some months to get through what I have described. I'm sure it's going to take other people in similar situations the same amount of time. But that would be my message, is that they have to um, apply and they should do it as soon as possible. And if you cannot apply because you don't have the skills necessary, then start shouting and get somebody to help. For instance, in our parishes, there'll be some youngster who'll be quite happy to help, I'm sure, most of these. And most of the people I've met have been delighted to talk to old people because they've heard their history, it's all new for them, and it's been fun for both sides. So I'm not negative in that sense, but they must apply. So here's the message from our bishops. Have a look at our website, have a look at the links in um, the description where there's a whole range of support that people are able to have and to look out for people in your parishes and in your families who might need to apply to bring it to their attention and to point them in the way of any of the support services that they might need.